Please be aware, the subject matter, language, emotions, thoughts, and questions in this podcast are of a decidedly adult nature and should not be taken lightly or, well, with too much seriousness, as the point of this show is entertainment first and enlightenment second. So things might be a little bit uncomfortable, disturbing, frightening, and yes, even in some cases, even offensive. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Welcome, heathens, to another episode of our Mental Moment Podcast, here to help you think a little harder, look a little deeper, and apply all your curiosity and mental power into the world around you. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will seek to better ourselves and our fellow human beings by exercising our minds and challenging ourselves to be better, to think deeper, and to tolerate a little more. This show will ask hard questions profound questions, probably some silly questions, and we're all here to give the listener a mental moment, or as I like to call it, a momental. Today's question is, aren't you lonely? Well, I will confess that this came to me from a listener suggestion. Well, not so much a suggestion, but as part of an email conversation we were having about the whole quarantine, lockdown, coronavirus bullshit. But it did spark the question, and I thought it was a pretty appropriate question for most of us. So I thought, why not try to tackle it? As I do with everything, I thought before I expressed my personal beliefs, well, I should maybe do a little research. And I came across a passage that sort of put things in perspective for me, or at least gave me a jumping off point. So I want to share that first. Now, this was from a book by Olivia Lang, and it's called The Lonely City, Adventures in the Art of Being Alone. And I thought, wow, that's a really great point to make. And the passage is this, and I quote, Loneliness is difficult to confess, difficult to categorize. Like depression, a state with which it often intersects, it can run deep in the fabric of a person, as much a part of one's being as laughing easily or having red hair. And like depression, like melancholy or restlessness, it is subject to pathologization, to being considered a disease. It has been said emphatically that loneliness serves no purpose. Well, perhaps I'm wrong, but I don't think any experience so much a part of our common shared lives can be entirely devoid of meaning without a richness and a value of some kind, end quote. Now, I don't know about you, but I tend to think about loneliness quite a lot. Truthfully, when I look back on my life so far, I realize that I spent a great portion of my time on my own, but I've never really stopped to think, am I lonely? Loneliness isn't something that I experience all too often, but in the past few months, I've had this feeling with an increasing regularity. It isn't, feeling, it isn't a feeling where you just want some human interaction, although that's still essential. It's more of a deeper, unsolvable, existential loneliness. If you will, a feeling of lonely that just doesn't seem to have a cure. But I think, like sadness, most of us want to fix the uncomfortable feelings we have as if we think any negative or bad feelings need to be banished immediately. But instead of banishing them, I'm trying to understand these feelings. Because like physical pain, what are these uncomfortable feelings trying to tell us and how can we learn from them? First off, I want to address the proverbial elephant in the room. Let's not confuse being alone with being lonely. 
Yes, there are negative consequences that social isolation can have on your health. These can be dramatic, even hastening heart disease and even death. But being alone is not the same as being lonely. And I want to say there are many benefits to being alone. Those who don't mind being or enjoying their time alone tend to be more resilient and can reach inside during times of trouble rather than look outward for answers. In fact, The Atlantic published an article back in 2017 called The Virtues of Isolation that makes a nice counterpoint to all this loneliness, doom, and gloom that we have going on. Now, I'm not going to try and discount loneliness and its negative impacts. Rather, I'm suggesting it can have some upsides as well. With our tendency for negativity bias, it's too easy to go down that pessimistic track, especially with uncomfortable feelings. These feelings are worth the discomfort of self-reflection to learn about ourselves, how we cope, and view the world. I mean, loneliness isn't my favorite topic either, or my favorite life experience, not by a long shot. But I hate to say it, but it does seem like loneliness particularly enjoys my particular company. I only say this because it seems to visit me quite regularly. I look back over my life on this planet, and I see so many times when loneliness has decided to just stop by spontaneously. Sometimes they stay for hours, days, or even weeks before packing up and moving on again. I remember school days where I preferred sitting alone with a good book rather than congregating with my peers. I seemed to go through friends faster than I went through clothing, so I never really felt like anyone would stick around. I mean, all except for my constant companion, loneliness. I even remember joking about being one of the half-alien babies that just couldn't quite understand the regular people. Well, sometimes I'm not so sure that that's a joke. But then there were other times when loneliness made more of a planned visit, so to speak. Like after losing my job and moving where I really didn't know anybody and having to start all over again. It wasn't like loneliness called up and made a reservation, but it might as well have, you know, table for two, right? Anyways, I could see it and hear it coming for miles away. I've lived alone for a long time now, and I've learned a couple of things. For example, I started to understand that the people that fall out of my life, well, they fall out for a reason. See, I've always held this belief that bad friends were better than no friends at all. So I accepted the people that keep me around for what I can do for them, you know, hanging on to their attentions in hopes that someday they would treat me like a real friend. You know what I mean, lending them money, doing favors, all in the hopes that they would someday call me to check on me during a storm or maybe invite me to that party that I can so clearly see you planning on Facebook. The truth was, I didn't value myself enough to say that I'm a great friend and I deserve better. And once I absorbed that fact, I began to understand about how I operate in this world. You know, basically what makes me tick. For example, I learned that there is a me, and that I have a rather recognizable persona, pattern, heartbeat, brainwave, whatever you want to call it, that is unique to me and only me. That's right, I'm a unicorn. For example, I often go through periods of rather intense connection with others in the world, whether through a deep personal relationship or through an intricate work challenge or whatever other reason. And then equally as often, I will often cycle through that time and into a period of intense solitude, aloneness, or what I've often seen as loneliness. 
During these times, while I might struggle against what feels like enforced solitude, even blaming myself for being too introverted or antisocial, when I try not to blast myself out of the house and back into the world again, what I experience is misfire after misfire. No matter what I try, at the end of the at the end of the day, there I am once more, alone on the couch, watching Netflix or reading or typing away late into the night all by my lonesome yet again. It's kind of like being a turtle. I would come out of my shell for a while, have experiences, connect to the world around me, relate, learn, upload, download, and then go back into my shell to process, learn some more, rest, reconnect, whatever. And Netflix, because where would the world be without Netflix, right? But I realized that as a creative and an empath and a natural introvert, the retraction into my shell is a very necessary and healthy, natural and beneficial option. But I will say that during this current period of loneliness and disconnection, I have worried quite a lot. No matter what I try, there is always this part of me trying to sneak off into its little cave of misery, believing as it does that I will be single and alone forever. I always have to stay alert, so when that part starts sneaking away again, I can go after it and pull it back out by its hair and, you know, beat it up a little bit. As I continue walking through this time in my life, more and more I feel like loneliness is an experience that we can all relate to, perhaps even our animals. If we could all get together and talk in some common language, and we could ask the animals we share our lives with, do you ever feel lonely? They might nod and agree that yes, they too know exactly what loneliness is, and that they do feel it sometimes as well. One day several weeks ago, I woke up feeling extra lonely and hopeless, and so I decided to go online to see if I could find some type of, you know, support group. I know, bad move, internet's never good. Browsing around, I only felt lonelier as I found groups for loss like death or breakup like divorce or trauma and abuse, but nothing really tailored to a loss that isn't death or divorce that has caused trauma that isn't abuse-centric. I thought to myself, I just don't fit here. No wonder I'm single and alone. Then, in a brilliant move, which I'm still thanking myself for, I opened a fresh browser window and I typed in loneliness. Since then, what I've learned is there are plenty of other people who feel like they don't fit here. They don't fit in. They can't quite seem to go with the flow or get with the program of how today's modern culture or schedule works. I discovered that there are lots of people in this world who want to and are eager to talk about loneliness. Perhaps the most important takeaway I'm gaining is that loneliness is valuable. It has a purpose. It isn't always pleasant, although I'm learning that that potential does exist. For me at least, the experience of feeling lonely is a lot like experience of feeling congested as my immune system tries to fight off a germ attack. I'm not at all grateful at the time, but I suspect I sure will be later when I'm healthy and feeling good again. Strangely, it's starting to appear like loneliness can be as therapeutic as together time. For me, feeling lonely has felt absolutely necessary, if not welcomed or appreciated. If I want to heal, I must feel lonely to get there. And since it's clear loneliness and I are going to be keeping quite close company for a while, I've decided for once to welcome it in, ask it lots of questions, bribe it with some tea, probably alcohol, and get it to open up and speak freely. In this process, I'm also learning that keeping company with loneliness sometimes make me feel like a superhero. 
I mean, I'm staying steady, remaining productive, taking another step forward. All of these little actions can feel a lot harder when loneliness insists on coming along for the ride. So the more of these basic little tasks that I manage to do every day, the stronger and more su- superhero-ish I feel. I know, it's not really, but whatever. Loneliness is also teaching me that seeking outside engagement doesn't seem to help ease it at all. I sometimes catch myself thinking that what I need to do is get back out there. Life is short after all, and I don't want to waste any of it pining or grieving or feeling lonely. And then I mobilize and try to choose an activity, and it just isn't happening. Everything I consider brings up a distinct and solid no. So I stay in again, and you know what? Somehow I feel a little better. What I find most strange about loneliness is that I am really quite busy. I just happen to have a number of projects that I'm working on. From my daily work grind, multiple books to edit, new books to write, the movie screenplay I'm working on, and that episodic show that Netflix is sure to be banging down my door for. It's not like I'm sitting around twiddling my thumbs while stewing in grumpy, miserable loneliness. Quite the contrary, as a matter of fact. In fact, If it weren't for this portion of my mind that seems to insist on worrying about how solitary, how lonely, how very single I am, I probably would be going along just fine and not even noticing loneliness sitting over there quietly in the corner, observing all of this, flipping through my freaking Cosmo. I have a lot to learn about loneliness, clearly. Driving it all is this growing awareness that lonely is something that happens to me regularly and I will be missing out on a part of my own humanness if I don't get curious and investigate what this lonely thing is all about. So that's all I have on that. And I know I got a little fiery again, but I hope you liked it. And I hope you'll meet me back here next time for another Momental. As always, if you have suggestions, you can reach me and the show at mo.mentalpodcast at gmail.com. And I'm sorry to say, but it is Sunday night and I am going to go and watch Lovecraft Country and have myself a popsicle. I love you, my heathens. See you next time. Love you. We don't sugarcoat shit. <laughs>